Happy March to all of my mighty listeners. This is Dr. Anna Zimmerman, and I am bringing you this fantastic episode the first week of March in the year 2021. I don't know about you, but these last two months have literally flown by. I was so anxious for 2020 to be over and 2021 to start, and now I feel like almost a quarter of this year is gone, and I'm not entirely sure where it went to. Thank you to everyone who is liking and sharing this podcast and getting the word out. I was surprised the other day at work by somebody making a comment about the podcast and how much they were enjoying it, and it really keeps me motivated to uh, keep going with this and, and putting my time and energy into something that is actually helping people. I wanted to remind everyone that if you're listening to this live, we do have our first uh, live Zoom event next week. Uh, hopefully you guys have registered and you are signed up for the email so that you're getting email notifications about when these events are going to happen. But I am really excited that Julie King is going to be talking to us about parenting littles and how to talk to our littles ages two through seven so that they listen without us having to yell. I am also really excited to get into this week's podcast. I talked with Carl McDonald. He is a dad in the United Kingdom. And he and his wife had 27-week twins who spent almost three months in the newborn intensive care unit. And he really talks about everything from a dad's perspective. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about moms and babies in the NICU. And we certainly don't want to forget that dads are just as important and have a huge role to play in the newborn ICU. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode and enjoy hearing from Carl. I certainly had a really fun time talking to him, and he gives a couple really good suggestions for how to think about your NICU stay, how to remember your NICU stay, how to take pictures and jot notes, as well as just giving that dad's perspective. So without further ado, we will go to today's episode. Welcome to the Mighty Littles podcast. Why don't we start off by having you introduce yourself to the Mighty Littles listeners? Cool, yeah. So hello, um, my name is Carl McDonald. Um, I'm from a small industrial town in the north of England in the UK, um, and I'm a dad of twin boys, um, and they were born um, very prematurely. So they were born at 27 weeks and four days gestation. Um, so they had quite a long stay in the NICU. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it had quite a big impact on me, which is kind of why I decided to to start writing about that experience. So I run a blog called Um and that's where I kind of, you know, document my experience of, of being in the neonatal unit, I guess. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic because we spend so much time talking about moms in the NICU because they're the ones that deliver the babies. And here you are with this really 
wonderful and unique perspective and you're out there on the internet telling people what it's like to be a dad in the NICU. So I think it's really unique and wonderful and I really appreciate you coming on to share your your perspective. So your boys were born at 27 and 4. How big were they? So um, in terms of weight, they both weighed um, just over a kilo. I think it was about two pounds, six ounces this um is a traditional way in in the uk that we <laughs> we measure um I, d- I don't think they were measured in terms of length but they were they were very tiny and they could sort of not much bigger than the palm of palm of my hand really so yeah they were they were absolutely tiny yeah so most of the time at delivery moms deliver the babies and then the babies kind of end up getting whisked away uh, over to the neonatal intensive care unit. And dads are in this unique position because now your heart is really split and you're worried about mom who just delivered these babies and oftentimes at 27 and four by C-section, but I don't know that for sure. Um, and and you're worried about your babies who are in the NICU. Tell me about those couple of minutes after delivery where you were really torn between worrying about all of these loves of your life. Yes, so that was probably one of the hardest things, really, because um, they were actually born naturally. It was just a spontaneous um, delivery, um, quick labour, and it was it was almost too quick to understand what was happening anyway. Yeah. Um, but after the the boys were born, that like you say, they were whisked away immediately. So we got a chance to to hold them or see them really. Um, but my wife had to go into theatre for a bit of a, a procedure after the birth as well. There was a little complication, so. I kind of spent around an hour just sat in a, a medical room on my own, just kind of questioning what was going on. I thought I was dreaming and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was it was very difficult. And eventually I did get to go and see the boys, but it, it was on my own. And that, although it was a nice moment to see my sons and for the first time, it was kind of tainted by the fact that my wife wasn't there. And, and that obviously she was somewhere else going through another sort of painful procedure so yeah it was a little bit bittersweet I think yeah when you first got to the NICU um what 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 did it what did it feel like to you I think parents oftentimes describe it to me as loud foreign overwhelming those are some of the biggest words that come to mind what did you think when you first walked into the newborn ICU Yes, um, I definitely agree with the descriptions. We actually, the boys were actually born at our local hospital, but were taken to um, a different one about an hour's drive away to a to a specialist unit in the, in a big city. So we had to follow them in a car. And um, yeah, when I got there, it was yeah very alien experience. I've not really spent much time in hospitals anyway. I've been quite fortunate throughout my life. So. Um, yeah it was it was um it was quite loud but not in terms of talk it was just machinery and like the beeps of alarms and that kind of thing but um yeah they kind of felt like a a tension in the air and almost like an atmosphere of sort of angst and anxiety and i think that maybe made it feel even more sort of alien and just a yeah a strange place to be yeah can you try to summarize your boy's stay as best you can? I know um, oftentimes it, you can talk about every single detail and we could talk about it for literally hours. But if you were to give kind of listeners a snapshot of what 
their life in the NICU was like? How would you summarize their stay? I think the it may be a cliche by now, but it's probably the best way to describe it is a roller coaster of emotions. Um, the one thing I remember more than anything is when we first got there, a doctor spoke to us and, and sort of told us what to expect and and what was going to happen. And he, he said, you'll have good days and bad days. And sometimes it'll be on the same day. And and that was the truest thing, really. So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously the. <laughs> being born that early they were they were in quite a critical condition and needed a lot of care um they, they were both born with um a hole in the heart so there was a concern with that um one of our sons had a, a brain bleed as well quite a severe brain bleed and we were told it would probably hamper his um development sort of throughout his childhood so that was quite difficult to take on top of you know the initial trauma of them coming so early um, but obviously as they progressed and then a couple of weeks later we moved back to our hometown and it kind of felt that as though things were getting better and little milestones are happening you know turning the the oxygen dependency down and, and moving off it altogether um, and then moving out of their incubators into into just a cot together so yeah there were again it's, it's hard to think of positives at the time but looking back you can see that although it is a difficult experience you've got to kind of cherish those moments where they are sort of coming on and, and developing yeah how did you try in that in the moment like you said it was difficult but what did you what did you do to try to focus more on those kind of positive good moments as opposed to how really up and down the NICU can be was there anything that helped you do that um to be honest, I f feel as though I didn't really think about it until afterwards. Um, yeah. I kind of just lived the moment. And my wife obviously was in some discomfort in the early days. So I kind of just felt as though I had to kind of jump into it almost and, and try and bond with the boys and try and help her get through it as well. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think probably by the time... I really started to understand what sort of an impact it was having on me. It was almost behind us and we were moving on to the next stage of bringing the boys home, to be honest. Um, I guess one thing I did try to do was make little notes on my phone and take pictures and, and that kind of thing to, to make those memories and jog my memory looking back in, in future. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think it's more something that I've looked back on and, and realized how tough it was. Yeah, I, I think that's actually pretty common with parents where, you know, you just kind of get through the NICU stay. And then when you're at home is really, you know, I think there's this idea that, well, if I can just get to the end of the NICU stay and we can just get to discharge, then we can leave all of this behind. And I'm not sure that that's really what happens. And, and I feel like we're almost doing parents a disservice if we say, well, once you get to NICU, you can just leave the NICU behind. Because really, so much of the processing of the NICU happens after you go home and you have time to think about it. And you're at home with your boys and you're snuggling and, and you have time. Whereas when you're in the NICU, you don't really have the time to process some of that stuff. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Um, our boys are now 21 months old so 18 months corrected but we you know we still talk about it and and look back on that and it almost defines our family now I think it's it's an experience we never expected to go through 
but it's one that we'll never forget. So yeah, I definitely think that we're, we're even now we're still, we're still processing what happened and, and, you know, looking back and talking about it, we can't really believe that we got through it. Yeah. Um, so I guess it just shows the strength of our relationship and, and sort of desire to get through such a situation really. I think for um, couples, the NICU is kind of an interesting place to be because everybody processes that kind of grief and fear and anxiety and stress differently. Um, And, you know, I think in the United States, at least, they say that parents of multiples um, have a much higher divorce rate or separation rate uh, as parents that don't have multiples and parents who are in the NICU have quite a large chance of separating simply because they, um, it it is so stressful. It really is a strain on that relationship. And what I've seen is either two things. The first is that the parents figure out a way to support each other, even if their coping mechanisms are separate or, or different, or, um, they are so different and they just don't have enough in them to be able to support that other person because it's so hard that it just really rips them apart. And it it kind of is one way or the other. So I'm glad to hear that for you guys, it was not the ripping apart kind, but rather the pulling together kind. Definitely. Yes. Um, I I must admit it definitely put a big strain on our relationship. and, And especially in the early days, I kind of suddenly thrust into parenthood and I found it hard to split myself between trying to care for my wife and, and making sure she was okay, but also being there for our boys as well. And um, that was something I really struggled to come to terms with and, and sort of learn to, um, to, to split my loyalties really, I guess. Um, obviously got love for my wife and then all of a sudden I had to share that <laughs> between three people instead of one. So it was, it was difficult. And, and like I say, even after we came home, it was qu- quite tense at times, but, yeah, I think we, we just did learn that, you know, we both deal with things in a different manner. For example, when we were in the, the NICU, my wife found a lot of comfort in speaking to the other mums and the other parents that were there. Um, but for me, uh, my anxiety got really quite bad at that point And I was, I just did not want to talk to anybody at all. Maybe it would have helped at the time. I don't know. But I kind of felt that I wanted to go through this and on my own and on my own terms rather than sharing something so personal with other people that I'd only just met yeah so yeah I think we do we do personally but thankfully we found a way to sort of work it out between us right well and and I think a lot of grace and forgiveness goes a long way when you have babies in the NICU and when you have twins at home for sure when we had twins at home there were definitely some tense moments of I'm exhausted and my gas tank is at zero so can you step it up and my husband being like, I'm exhausted and my gas tank is at zero. So, hey, what are we going to do? Because <laughs> neither one of us have, has anything left to give. Um, and those moments definitely happen, whether you're in the NICU or, or you're at home with a baby. Uh, what do you think some of the unique challenges for dads in the NICU are? And how did you find your place and your role in the NICU? I think the key challenge really is that a lot of the focus and I I, I don't particularly disagree with this, but a lot of the focus is naturally on the mother. Um, 
and I think sometimes it can almost feel for the dad as though you, you're just a bystander and you're, you've just got a watching brief in, in what's going on. Um, I was quite fortunate, really, in the in the hospitals we were at that the nurses did kind of try and encourage me to to sort of be involved in in the different sort of care routines and things for our boys. And maybe with having twins, it meant that I had more of an opportunity to do that anyway because we kind of split between between the boys me and my, my wife um so yeah i think it's it's really more about um the fact that men are often seen as yeah as a, not not second best and I, i'm not trying to say that but almost as if um the, the the woman's gone through the the trauma of the delivery and the man's sort of ex, almost expected i guess to, to pick up the pieces but it, it's not always like that it's traumatic for the dad as well and um, you know, you've also got a lot of a lot of emotions running through you as well as you try to understand what's happened and, and try to make that bond with your children. Yeah, no, I think that sounds reasonable. I for for sure I am so let me back up a second. I absolutely love when dads come to the unit all the time. Um and right now with this pandemic, lots of dads are able to work from home. Um, so they're able to be in the unit a little bit more than previously they in the United States, we don't get very much parental leave. I'm sure everybody knows how broken our system is in that way. Um, or, or maybe you don't. But, you know, oftentimes dads have two weeks at most, and then they're back at work. Um, and moms have six, maybe eight, and then you're trying to save some of that for when the babies come home. So oftentimes they're going back to work too. So it, it's really nice when the parents can work from the unit. And with this pandemic, they've been more present because they've been able to be in the unit. Um, but even with that, I still, moms get to hold first, right? Like I am definitely biased towards moms delivered the babies. Moms get to do that first kangaroo care. Um, but I always tell the dads at that time, look, I am not trying to exclude you. I really want you to hold your babies, but, but mom gets to go first. And most of the time dads really understand, um, but it is, there is a bias towards moms. Moms are the ones who carried the baby. They delivered the baby. They're pumping. They tend to have more yeah. of the maternity leave and they can be on the unit a little bit more. So I, I personally would love to include more more um, dads in the unit. And I'm curious if you have any suggestions for how we can, we as NICU staff and NICU nurses and, and NICU units can really encourage dads. What would have been helpful to kind of have you feel more included? Yes, I, I completely appreciate what you're saying there and I, I do agree. Um, we um, kind of felt that um, the, the nurses, as I say, the nurses and the NICU staff were, were amazing with us. And I think what you do is, is incredible. It's an incredible profession and, and you know, we wouldn't be where we are now without people like yourself. So it was amazing. But I feel like for me personally, I would have appreciated maybe um, some written documentation, some leaflets, that kind of thing that was specifically targeted towards dads. I have found a resource um, in the UK since um, sort of starting my blog, which is a, a sort of a dad, a dad, it's got a dad pad and it's a, it's a guide to sort of understanding what's going on in the, in the neonatal unit and how it's going to affect you, how you can support your partner. And I think if I had something like that at that time, it would have been really helpful 
for me to understand, you know, <laughs> what what's going on for him basically, yeah. um, and how I could sort of help not just bond with my children but support my wife maybe a little bit better or a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think maybe something just as simple as that would be something that um, I would really appreciate and and love to see more of really. Yeah, no, I think that's true, and I think there is a, a space for that to get created so that dads have or even just if dads are doing blogs and putting stuff out there so that they people know hey other people have been through this here's how it happened um here are things that worked really well and here are my disaster days where i thought i was being supported supported supportive but in all honesty this was not the thing to do right like because it is kind of trial and error as as with all things in life you think your your intention is one way but it gets taken a different way and yeah 100 percent, definitely and yeah I, i i couldn't agree more to be honest so this is just when i cannot put this in the podcast if you don't want me to but it's kind of a personal interest of mine um did you ever have any concerns about finances in terms of care for your babies? Um, no, to be honest, we we in the UK we have the NHS, the National Health Service, so it's it's amazing. We don't have to pay. It, we we pay sort of through our taxes that's taken, you know, from our salary. Um, I have seen some figures um, from the from the states around, you know, sort of payment for for neonatal care and it's I, I can't believe it to be honest it's unbelievable so we never had to pay a penny okay um we never had a you know a bill and it would have run into the tens of thousands i'm sure if, if we had to so in in that sense we were quite fortunate and thankfully our um my my employer was was good enough to grant me some compassionate leave on top of my um parental leave so I got a little bit of extra time off yeah and my wife's my wife's been with her employer for a long time so she had a good maternity package as well she was near enough still being paid a full salary in the early days so um yeah we were we were quite fortunate in that sense I must admit yeah okay that's I mean I find it just so heartbreaking that you're here in the United States you're stressed out and you have these babies in the NICU and now you have to worry about how you're going to pay for that hospital bill as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, and like I say, we were very fortunate that we, we didn't really have that additional stress because yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know, going through that experience and, and having financial concerns hanging over you at the same time, it would be, it'd be horrendous. Yeah. It, it definitely adds a, adds a layer to it. Tell me about bringing the boys home and you know, you have preemies, you, one of them has a brain bleed. You've heard some news that, hey, there might be some consequences to this long term. What was it like actually coming home and facing the reality of having two babies at home? It was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was nice. It was nice to, to finally have them home after sort of, I think we were in just about nine weeks. So it was nice to finally have them home. It was very strange when we when we first walked through the door with with two babies. The last time we'd been at home together, we you know we were just a couple, and then we, all of a sudden we had a family of four. So it was it was very strange, and 
it was really really stressful at the beginning with the you know getting up at night to to do the feeds three four times and I think a couple of nights we didn't get any sleep whatsoever because we were sort of even if the babies were sleeping we were standing over them making sure they were breathing and that kind of thing so you you get a lot of that anxiety I guess from being in such a medical environment for such a long period of time um but yeah, I think sort of as time went on and, and the night feeds dropped a little bit and we could get a little bit more sleep, it it became it became I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna use the word easier, but um it became a little bit more, you know, tolerable, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it was it yeah, as, as time's gone on it's 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 uh, it's nice to be a, be a family and, and yeah, having twins is great, it's great fun. Yeah, isn't it time. awesome? Yeah. I personally I love it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. The first four months super hard and then after that it's been just great um so what happens after babies go home in terms of looking at how they're doing and how they're developing and any concerns with development like who follows that in the uk so we've had um they had early on they had quite regular checkup appointments at the hospital itself um with a pediatrician um and I think this, you know, they go still every maybe six to eight months now to, to just get a checkup and see that they're, they're growing as they should um, and they're hitting the milestones that they should be. Um, and we also have a, a health visitor that comes to the house. Um, so in the early days, that's, I think, once a week. And then it sort of drops down to once every fortnight, once a month, and then eventually you uh, you signed off, I suppose, and you're, you're classed as capable parents. So, yeah, there's there's kind of that. And the health visitor is quite helpful in terms of supporting the parents as well from a mental health perspective, as well as sort of checking that the, the, the children are, um, are coming on well. Yeah, that's awesome. What have I not asked you about that you really wanted to talk about? Maybe highlights of the experience. Yeah. I spoke earlier on about how, how difficult it was, but... Um, I think for me personally, the highlights were um, that first skin to skin contact. So the kangaroo care, I know that um, it's, it's actively encouraged by the, the NICU staff and it's great for the mum to have that experience, but also for the dads as well. And we, we'd kind of held them. I think it was five or six days after they were born. We first managed to hold a, a baby each, but then the first time we got to hold them, both together at the same time was that was a really special moment for me so yeah that was the probably the highlight of this day I think kangaroo care is so important and um we are actively trying to get babies held as early as possible and as often as possible and you know sometimes that's hard right like you have a baby that's sick and you really want the parents to hold, but we're just not quite there yet. So for people that are that are listening yeah. who are in those first couple of days, just know that your day is coming. Um, and all staff in the NICU really want to get babies in parents' arms as fast as is possible and is safe. Yes, uh, 100%. For me, I think... I was quite surprised that it was being talked about so early, to be honest. I was I was kind of surprised and thought, how how can you let them out of the incubator um, this early? But um, yeah, I think there were a couple of, chan- of times when we were told, oh, it might happen today, it might happen today, but for one reason or another, they weren't quite, quite ready. Um, so it can be a bit of an excruciating wait, I think, but it's, oh, 
guarantee it's worth it when the time does come. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing about the NICU, right? Is, well, it might happen today and it might happen tomorrow. And the, and the same thing is true for discharge, right? Like, well, when are they going to come home? Well, why can't you give me a day? Well, because every baby's just a little yeah. bit different and it takes a couple of minutes and we, we just, I'm, I'm doing my best to give you all the information I can, but I cannot promise a day, not for kangaroo care, not for when the breathing tube's coming out, not for what day you're going home. It, that's just part of that uncertainty of the NICU that somehow you figure out how to come to terms with, even if you don't like it. What is your um, best advice for dads that are in the NICU right now? Um, I would say that as difficult as it is, I would just advise you to try your best to, to get as involved as you can in, in, you know, taking over and taking, taking care of your baby and making those memories and bonding with them. It's, it's obviously not what you expected and, and what you anticipated, but if you try and look at it as you've got, you know, some bonus time with your baby, then I guess you can, you can try and look at it that way and put a positive spin on it. And yeah, definitely. I would, I would suggest just as much as you can trying to, to get involved in the, in the care routine, changing nappies, doing the feeds um, getting that kangaroo care in the skin to skin time, just, just anything to, to build ships with, with your newborn, I guess. Um and uh, the other thing would be to make sure you, you take lots of photos and, and maybe write notes and, and that kind of thing. It, it's a bit of a blur as it happens. So having having something like that to look back on once you've, you know, come through the other side, hopefully, is um, is definitely something that I look back on and cherish. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend that. Yeah, it's amazing how different the babies can look from the time they're born to the time they're discharged. Uh, I mean, it's like totally different, different babies almost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I um, our twins, they're, they're not identical, and and they do look really quite different. But if I look back at photos now from from when they were in the hospital, I have to ask my wife which ones which sometimes because they do look so different, and and they actually did look quite similar at the time. So, yeah, it, it, it's amazing to to put a side by side photo and and see how far they've come. It's it's amazing. They're, they're incredible fighters. So yeah, we're very lucky. That's awesome. Well, I is there anything else that you wanted to add? I'm so appreciative for you coming on the podcast and for people that are wanting to um, follow your blog and get more of that dad perspective. Can you tell us one more time where they can find you? Yes, um, my blog is premdad.co.uk um, and I've also got an Instagram account which is at premdad underscore UK. Um, so I kind of try and share you know, just stories from my experience and, and resources that I find helpful and that I think would help dads that went uh, that went through or are going through similar situations to what I did. Um, yeah, and thanks for, for inviting me on. Yeah, I really appreciate it as well. It's been great to chat. You keep saying it, Walt. No, podcast.